Welcome to It's a Crime, I'm Linda, and today we're going to be doing part two in the case of Idaho's first female serial killer. Her name was Lida Southard. When I first heard of this case, it strangely resembled the Lori Vallow Daybell story, and it's really hard not to compare the two. I'll give you a quick recap and then we'll do a comparison. You can see the link to my first video. I'll put that in the description box below and also at the end of this video. In that video, it'll explain the timeline and goes more in depth to the story of Lida Southard. But before I get into it, if you'd like to be part of the It's a Crime community, please click that subscribe button below. Make sure you hit that notification bell to all. Also, please give this video a like and please share this out where you can. You're gonna wanna do that after watching this video. Now, let's get into it. Lida Southard was a woman who was born in 1892 with the name Anna Elizabeth Trueblood. People called her Lida. Her family moved to Twin Falls, Idaho when Lida was 14 years old. By 19, she was married. And a year later, the couple had a baby girl. Her brother-in-law also lived with her and her husband. But a couple of years into their marriage, her brother-in-law died suddenly, then her husband, then her little girl. She remarried and remarried and remarried. And half the time, or most of the time, her spouses would perish. But there's more to this story. Lida landed in jail. She busted out with a little help and then landed back in jail again. She was paroled in 1941 and ended up dying while walking on the way home with a handful of groceries at the age of 65. Now let's get to the nitty gritty because there's a lot of eerie and spooky details that you'd think we were talking about Lori. I'm gonna save the weirdest one for last so be sure to stick around to the end of this video. Number one, numerous husbands. Remember how I said Lida remarried and remarried and remarried? Well, Lida had seven husbands. Five husbands before jail and two after. Robert, William, Harlan, Edward, Paul, Harry, and Hal. Lori was working on husband number five as well, right before she was jailed. Her five, Nelson, William, Joseph, Charles, and Chad. Dasher, Dancer, Prancer, Vixen, Comet, Cupid, Donner, most of them got blitzened. Number two, the husbands died. So out of all those husbands, there were quite a few that died. For Lida, husband number one, two, three, and four died. Then she had two divorces, and her last husband mysteriously vanished, never to be found again. For Lori, like Lida, she had two divorces as well. Husband number three and four died, and one of her husbands, husband number five, well, he didn't really vanish, but he could pretty much kiss his butt goodbye since he's sitting in jail in his portal potty. Number three, both biological daughters were killed. Lida's one and only biological daughter died, little Lorraine Dooley. And Lori's only biological daughter, Tylee Ryan, died. I'd like to also chuck in that Lida's brother-in-law died, and while Alex Cox wasn't Lori's brother-in-law, he was her brother. Might as well throw that in there, why not? Number four, both were found and arrested in Hawaii. For both Lori and Lida, authorities were searching for them and hunting for them, and both were found and then arrested in Hawaii. For Lida, she was found and arrested in Honolulu on May 12, 1921. She was then extradited to Idaho. 
Lori was arrested in Kauai on February 20th, 2020. She was also extradited to Idaho. Now, both trials are and were in Idaho. Interestingly, Chad's lawyer, John Pryor, filed a motion for a change of venue and wants the trial in Boise. You can see that video that I did right here. This is actually where Lida's trial was held, was in Boise, Idaho. She was charged with second-degree murder. Now, if John Pryor succeeds, then both Lori and Chad will have their trial in Boise, the same fate as Lida. Let's hope, though, that they get the same charges and repeat history like Lida. Number five, strange demeanor. Now, let's dive a little bit more into her demeanor. Buckle your seatbelts, we're going for a ride. Both seem to have a magnetic personality, especially with men. With Lida, there was a magazine writer who profiled her and said she had an indefinable something, a spark giving off a light that draws men by physiological and chemical attraction. In other words, he said, men hung around her like flies about a honeypot. With Lori, the men she seems to encounter, whether it was a lover or an authority figure, seemed to fall for her and go easy on her, as we've been seeing. Uh, next with demeanor, no compassion. In one book, it was said this about Lida. She had no compassion, no sorrow, not the way a young widow would act when her husband has just passed away in the shank of life. Now with Lori, we have a couple things here. When Joseph Ryan died, she didn't contact Joe's sister, Annie Cushing, for weeks to let her know that her brother was deceased. Also, she said to Annie that the world is a better place without Joe Ryan in front of her daughter, Tylee Ryan. As you know, or most of you know, Joseph Ryan was also Tylee Ryan's biological father. I'm also going to add that when Charles Vallow died, she told Charles's kids that he was dead through text. And I'm also going to mention that the landlord that Lori was renting the house from had mentioned the same thing that it's weird that her reaction was the way it was when she had that pool party that afternoon, not the way that a bride would be to her loved one. Interesting words, very similar. Back to Lori, I mean Lida, I mean Lori. Back to Lida. She was also known to have stood at the grave of her fourth husband and laugh after she thought everyone was gone. With Lori, the day Charles Vallow was killed, who was her fourth husband as well, we see her giggling outside the house on body cam with the officer. And another officer was interviewed as well, and he called it the most bizarre behavior that day, as if they just discovered that their stolen vehicle was recovered. I'll also add to that that Lida, in her story, a doctor was interviewed after the death of husband number two, and he said that Lida didn't seem to be concerned as to whether he lived or died. Notice a theme here. Next in demeanor, inappropriate behavior in court. With Lida, it was stated that Lida showed no signs of feeling when the guilty verdict was read. Also, it was saying in the newspaper that they passed around jars to the jury of the organs of the husband and without a flinch from Lida. With Lori, well, we've seen her demeanor in court and her lovely smirk and giggling in court. Next, 
at extradition. Lida, she was wearing a lei around her neck while the detective escorted her on a ship. She bowed and waved to a gathering crowd. One would say she liked the attention. Lori, still sporting the smirk coming off the plane, and of course right before she was actually interviewed by Nate Eaton as she was walking, this is before she got arrested, and he asked, where's the kids, where's the kids, where's the kids, and said they're praying for them, and she just went, that's great. Next, they're both strong in their faith. With Lida, an interview with one of Lida's neighbors back before all the marriages and all this happened, said this about the family. They were all church-going people, devout and clean living. Lida went to church every Sunday without fail. Now with Lori, we know she went to the temple weekly without fail, and then she upped the frequency when she was having those urges to kill. But didn't work out so well for her, did it? Number six, their love of money and insurance were lethal. For Lida, she collected insurance on two of the husbands, husband number one and husband number two, plus her brother-in-law, which was about $9,500 for these three. Husband number three's insurance was $10,000, but it lapsed. He had missed the payment, which was an oopsies because Lida never knew until the end after he died. Lida did try to pay it, however, but the insurance company denied the payment. Husband number four's insurance was paid out. However, people started to talk and get suspicious. And so Lida actually skipped town and word had it that she offered the money as a half-hearted attempt to make it look like she wasn't killing for insurance. So she offered it to her husband's sister. Husband number five had applied for insurance but didn't get it approved. And before it was, Lida was arrested. So lucky guy. Now with Lori, she got a taste of the money pretty early on as well. She did receive child support for Tylee Ryan, which she has the right to. That was after the split from Joseph Ryan, husband number three. He then dies years later, and although it's not quite clear if she received life insurance money yet, it's been said that her daughter Tylee received money of some sort. Now, Joseph Ryan's death is now being questioned if it was natural or not, since the recent recording we've heard of Lori stating that she wanted to kill, and she was going to kill Joseph Ryan. Fifteen months later, husband number four, Charles Vallow, died, and like Lida, there was an oopsies in insurance. Not with Lori's best efforts, though, she did pretend to go back to Charles and live with him so that she could get his finances back in order. This was a few short months before Charles was killed. And as we know, unknown to Lori, Charles changed his insurance to his sister. After Charles died, just like Lida, Lori split town. Also notable, Lori had her sights on hubby number five and Chad upped Tammy Daybell's life insurance substantially before her suspicious death. History repeating itself you could say. Lori's brother Alex died the day after Tammy was exhumed. No word yet on what that life insurance looks like. Side note on the exhumation, Tammy's body was exhumed in secret. Not even the family knew about it. Also, in Lida's story, one of her husbands was exhumed also in secret. Now, I will also add when it comes to Lori, 
she stole money from Charles, also fraudulently used his credit card to make purchases even though he was dead, and also used Tylee's bank card after the kids were killed. All illegal, but like murder, she's getting away with that too. Hopefully though, not for long. Lida, in her story, she stole diamonds allegedly from a hotel that she was staying at. Number seven, the method of death. For Lida, her weapon of choice was poison, arsenic specifically, and from flypaper. Her nickname became Flypaper Lida. It was said that she boiled the flypaper to get the arsenic and then she would lace it in food to kill her family. It's also said that Lida was hairless on her body, a side effect from handling the arsenic, so her body was telling on her, so to speak. Her victims were also wrongly assessed in their cause of death and it was said that they either had typhoid fever or food poisoning. Now, with Lori, we don't know for sure how any of the victims really died other than Charles, he was shot. But there are questions if, like Lida's case, their cause of death were wrongly diagnosed. And there's been a lot of chatter that the victims were poisoned. So at this point, it isn't exactly fact, but it's not ruled out either. And like I said, with the exception of Charles, who died from a gunshot wound, we don't really know exactly how Tylee and JJ died, only how they were found. Tammy died mysteriously and we're waiting on her toxicology report. And of course, the day after her body was exhumed, Alex died. Now, even though Lori was known for her expensive taste and interest in the finer things of life, in Idaho, she kept it really modest. Her apartment and even her $30 ring she bought off Amazon. However, this was a Malachite ring and the rumor mill has been talking about this for months that Lori did this because Malachite is actually very, very toxic and known to be highly toxic. Interesting though, Joseph Ryan, Charles Vallow, Tammy Daybell, as said by Chad himself, and Alex Cox all had to do with the heart. Even though Charles Vallow was shot, he was shot in the chest. Number eight, the dates. Now I saved this one for last because it is so interesting and eerie all at the same time. A little jaw-dropping in my opinion. But first, I'm going to give you just a little fun tidbit. In November, both Lori and Lida married their fifth husband. And both, soon after their wedding, moved to Hawaii. Now for the serious bits. I'm going to do a chronological order of Lida's husband's dying. October 1st. Lida's first husband died on October 1st, 1915. An attempt made on Brandon Boudreaux's life was on October 1st, 2019. Next, October 21st. Even though it's only a two-day difference, Lida's second husband died on October 21st, 1916, while Chad's wife, Tammy Daybell, died on the 19th of October. Next, July 6th. Lida's third husband died on July 6th, 1919. Lori's fourth husband, Charles Vallow, died on July 11th, 2019. Now, side note on this one, I believe there was a plan for Charles to die sooner, but for whatever reason, the opportunity didn't strike until the second week of July. 
So maybe Lori was more concerned about the month rather than the exact day. Next, September 7th. Lida's fourth husband died on September 7th, 1920. Lori's daughter, Tylee, died on September 8th, 9th of 2019. Notable also on this, Lida's fourth husband died right before his birthday, as did Tylee Ryan. And speaking of birthdays, Lida's daughter was born in September, just like Lori's daughter, Tylee. And since it's the same month in September, I will also add J.J. Vallow. His death also occurred in September as well. Everybody's dropping like flies. See what I did there? Now some bonus fun facts. They both have nicknames of Black Widow and some spin-offs as well. They both moved numerous times to different cities and different states. They both used alternate names, maybe lied a bit more, but we might not know just how many Lori did. She had several options. They also were about the same height, an inch difference, and the same weight. So when I think about this, could Lori have known about this story? Was she following it? Was she intrigued by it? Maybe Lida was studied as her mentor. Maybe she used her story like a guide. And her extra smirking is actually how she thought she got away with it. Much like Lida for quite some time. Her story could have guided Lori. Kind of like how she takes the Book of Mormon and she uses it as a guide and spins it to her own story. And, you know, also like how she created her little secret society. We must not forget that she read Chad Daybell's books. She's still reading Chad Daybell's books and she's become obsessed with them. Or was this simply one of her multiple probations that she always talks about? Was she lied to Southard before? If only we were a fly on the wall. Let me know your thoughts on this. Let's have a chit chat below. It's going to be a good one. Please subscribe if you haven't done so already. Please like and please share. Thank you so much for watching. See you soon. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill.